Next on BYU Sports Nation, the classic one-upper. How does BYU one-up their performance against UNLV and play better versus UMass? Dennis Pitta will tell us something. Plus, the return of former BYU basketball coach Steve Cleveland to the program. And how well do you know UMass? It's a competition Friday with Know the Foe. Let's go! This is BYU Sports Nation. Brought to you by the BYU Store. Simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. Hey, get excited. Jimmer Fredette broke out of a slump. BYU Sports Nation is live. Your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. November 17th, wherever and however you have chosen to dial in it's great to have you with us i am spencer linton teamed up with four stripe brand shoe collector jerem jordan when you're poor and you can't afford adidas in the mid 90s you get the off brand that has four stripes instead of three and then you're accepted at school when that thing matters to you but then they were (laughs) i mean they were still pretty cool right the four stripe yeah (laughs) The, the poor kid me hey i was right there with you man yeah I was right there with Someone you. told us yesterday their mom got them some Jordans, and he was all excited, and then it was actually Jordash. <laughs> Very different. Yeah, he said, I didn't want a nature shoe. I wanted a basketball shoe. <laughs> nature shoe. <laughs> I needed some nature shoes, Jordash. Mom. I have not heard that brand. Like, it's probably been an, at least 20 years. It's been a while. <laughs> L.A. gear, baby. L.A. gear. And the Fila. Yes. And the likes. Yes. Grant Hill and the Fila. Grant Hill. Oh, he was so good in the 90s. Whatever happened to Fila? They're still around. Are they really? Yeah. Still producing stuff. Yeah. Who's buying it? I don't know. Somebody. (laughs) Maybe international. (laughs) Maybe so. Puma is like the brand internationally. So maybe Fila has a little bit of that uh, international market. I just pulled up Fila.com. They're selling stuff, man. You going to order something today? Yeah. Yeah, let's, Retro. Let's get that cool sweater right now. <laughs> it looks terrible. Internet shopping on Fila.com. Hopefully they're not a uh, possible sponsor. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> yeah, BYU Sports Station partnering up with uh, Fila. Oh. Next level. This is a Nike school, Spencer. I know, and I'm super happy about it. Let's bring on the headlines. It's your BYU Sports Nation headline. Just do it. BYU football hosts UMass tomorrow on Senior Day at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. Hashtag win streak, please. Coverage begins with countdown to kickoff tomorrow at 2 p.m. Eastern live on BYU TV. BYU a four-and-a-half-point favorite with kickoff set for 3 p.m. Eastern live on BYU TV. And you can listen on BYU Radio. Kalani Satake, ready to roll. We match up well against them, and... And I like putting it on the, the, the front. I like putting it on the D-line and the offensive line to take over the game because I think that could be a strength for us. Trench warfare. I love how dramatic we can make that, right? But really, it's up front. I mean, win the battle yeah. with the big ends up front. Exactly. Men's Hoops hosts UT Arlington tomorrow night in the Merritt Center, 9.30 Eastern on BYU TV. Pre-game coverage at 8.30 Eastern on BYU Radio. The Cougars and the Mavericks are both looking to remain one of 122 undefeated teams in NCAA Hoops, but one will lose. Dave Rose knows his team is going to have to p- play better this time around. This is a really good team that uh, guarded us really well, turned us over, um, and and we you know we did not have one of our 
our better games against them last year. So hopefully we can rebound and uh, and play better this time. Uh, yeah, because last time UT Arlington ran BYU out of the Marriott Center and ended the season last year. So they scored one hundred and five. That game was scheduled before the NIT matchup was. It just happens to go inside, but. Uh, there's some good juice right now from BYU, and they'll be ready. Ninth-ranked BYU women's volleyball with some good mojo. They moved, or sorry, they beat up, I should say, on San Francisco in the Smith Fieldhouse last night. A dominant sweep performance as the Cougars moved to 26-2 and on the season, 15-1 and in West Coast Conference play. Ronnie Jones-Perry, again, made a lot of great plays. Bump set from Arujo to Ronda off the soft block. Redding to Perry. That is unbelievable. Yeah, that pretty much describes Ronnie Perry. Unbelievable. She Top led the Cougars finest. with 19 kills, four digs, and two aces. She's number five all time on that career ace list after last night. Two more matches to go in the regular season for the ladies. All time, wow. And Jimmer Fredette snaps out of a slump. With a season-high 54 points, including eight threes, eight rebounds, and three legal steals, and a Shanghai Sharks win against the Bayi Rockets. I'd like to thank President Trump for that as well. Oh, n- what? <laughs> Rise and shout. Time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. The classic one-upper. BYU played their most complete game of the season against UNLV. A road win. Everybody felt really good after it. And I don't blame anyone for wanting to linger after and stay around the locker room and celebrate what happened in Las Vegas. Linger longer. Squally Canada ran for over 200 yards. His breakout performance of his BYU career. Joe Critchlow managed the game very well. Didn't turn the ball over. Threw a nice touchdown pass to Aleva Hifo. BYU's defense was plus two in turnover margin. And we got just about everything we were hoping for and more from BYU against UNLV. A win. That's all I've wanted all year. Truth. I've stopped asking for more than that. Okay. <laughs> Until well, now. That's, that's the thing. Today, we are asking for a little bit more with our Twitter question. We want some more. How does BYU one-up their UNLV performance against UMass? Use the hashtag BYUSN at Colonel James 83 17 plus point win, baby. Hey, Colonel James is the one that went there. I'm going there too. 17 plus. I agree with you. Wow, you think 17 plus? That means it's going to be a close game now. <laughs> Jerem, don't. Well, that, listen, Redact it. Listen. Take the, it back. In the second half, it's on BYU TV. We want people staying with this and not tuning out to other games. So let's make this a close one with a th- uh, uh, three and seven team. Three and eight versus three and seven, baby. What do you really want? Okay, so how, okay, does, what, how does BYU get get to 17-plus then? Joe Critchlow has got to be AP Jofo. Okay. On, which he is on Twitter, but okay. he doesn't own a Twitter. I always like when people say a Twitter. I'm like, oh, you're not on Twitter. You don't get that vernacular. Here's what I want from Joe Critchlow. I don't, I don't want him to manage the game because he's not going to win the starting job if he keeps going 14 of 22, 161 touch, no picks. That's nice. It's not like driving it down the field, winning the game. Squally Candidate running for 200 every week. In fact, that's probably going to be the career high for Squally Candidate. That was an amazing performance. If he bests that, that's fantastic. I want to see Joe Critchlow complete 20-plus balls, okay? 200-plus yards passing, 60-plus completion percentage. I want to see eight, eight yards per attempt or higher, okay? That's what I want to see. I want to see Joe Critchlow take a step forward there. And I would like to see Cody Willstead in this game. 
Now this I want to see what he can do. This is all very interesting because UMass has a terrible run defense. Yes. They're ranked 101st in the nation, and BYU just ran all over UNLV. So how many opportunities is Joe Critchlow really going to have to throw the ball against a bad run defense? I would hope a lot. UMass stinks. But they're three past, and seven. But their pass defense is ranked 30th in the country. Yeah. So they, they, a, I don't think be... they played a bunch of like chuck it down the field teams on that schedule. They haven't. Let's uh, let's look at their schedule. Who they played that's like, oh, dude, that's a superior passing team. Well, I can let's, tell you that wasn't. Let's go through this state. Nick's, Nick's Hawaii, Fitzgerald. Coastal Carolina, Old Dominion, Temple, Tennessee, Ohio, South Florida, postponed, didn't play them. Georgia Southern, Appalachian State, Mississippi State, Maine. So there's not a lot of like. Dude, those are some elite passing offenses or whatever on there. I think Joe Crit- – I'm not asking for a ton. 200-plus yards? 200-plus yards. That's no, I'm saying. just saying, will he have enough of an opportunity to eclipse the 200 mark? Like if, Yeah, if push keep, it down the field, they dog. They keep handing the ball off and it's working. Why would you go away from that? Well, let's see if it works. That's the thing. Yeah. I'm intrigued to but, see how this plays like, out. What good What good does you, – you, uh, there's no bowl game here. What good does just handing off all game do? Ty Detmer needs to explore where Joe Crishlow can go. And guess what? You can do that for three full quarters, baby. I would no love matter to what see the score an is. exciting brand of football. And yeah. generally that includes a lot of passes, right? Or more than 22. Yes, 22 passes. I want him to get into the 30s. But BYU is also concerned about winning games. I mean, there are guys coaching for their futures sure. and playing yeah. for positions. You can and- do both. You can do both. All right. Yeah. All right. You can have a lead and still throw the ball. For me, I would like to see BYU score 32-plus, okay? Just score at least one more point than you did against UNLV. If you can put up 31 on the road against UNLV, you should be able to score more than that at home against UMass, the team that has to travel two time zones and play at elevation again in Provo, Utah. BYU scored 51 against this team last year. I know. Different offense, different players. Not really. Well, it's a very similar team. Taysom oh, Taylor. I mean, no, from UMass. You, I'm saying BYU. I thought we were talking about you. No, yeah, BYU, different, the, different offense, similar. different players. But I still think that they should score more than 31 against UMass on their home field on senior day. The motivation is there to send the seniors out the right way. BYU's feeling better than they have all season because of what happened against UNLV. Take that momentum and run with it. Literally, <laughs> score 32-plus. No, pass it. Okay, or pass it and then run with it. Yes. BYU's defense gave up a bunch of yards against UNLV. 470-something. That's a lot. 476, I think. Way too many. And I would like to see that decreased at least a little bit. Okay, they, were, they only gave up 21 points. They were plus two turnover margin. Those are really good winning numbers. But UNLV moved the ball a little bit too easily, I feel, against a BYU defense that shouldn't surrender that many yards. So I would like to see BYU's defense step up, limit that, and that starts with pressure on the quarterback, which brings us to our stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. BYU's defense has featured one sack and zero quarterback hurries in the last two games. This won't suddenly change in two games, nor does it even matter. You're you're building towards next year. Corbin Kafusi had the sack. UMass and Hawaii, they're about about Arizona. I agree that getting ready for Arizona is a big deal, but I think every game and every snap does matter if you're trying to develop people and teach your defense how to get pressure on a quarterback. So if you dominate UMass, shouldn't you dominate UMass? 
Are we going to celebrate this standard? I don't know. Are we? I I don't like if BYU has three sacks and two, three quarterback hurries tomorrow. Like you're telling that's, me, that's you great. wouldn't feel better about that after right, only having better, one sack and I'm not zero quarterback go, hurries. This is something solid and amazing, and it's hollow. They haven't done it all year, so how can you not think that that would be a good thing? Of course, it's a good thing. You cross the line into good thing to great. Yes, of course, it'd be a good thing. It just doesn't really matter all that much. Hollow stats. If they have sacks and It's hurries? like Tanner Mangum's 300-plus passing yards against ECU. Was it a good thing? What if they happened in yes, the first quarter? Yes, it was so hollow. What if they happened in the first quarter? Is it hollow then? It's hollow because it's UMass and you aren't going to a bowl game. Uh, hollow. See, I disagree. I think that because BYU, hasn't, BYU hasn't shown <laughs> that type of effort or that type of success defensively in that category specifically all year, like you want some sort of progress there. Sure. Who cares about the opponent? saying it doesn't matter. All, it matters, but it doesn't matter that much. Let's keep it rolling on Twitter. Hashtag BYUSN and join BYU Sports Nation. What do you think? How does BYU one-up their UNLV performance against UMass? Jerem wants to see better quarterback play from Joe Critchlow to the tune of 200-plus passing yards, not just managing the game. I want BYU's defense to limit UMass's offense in yards and to score more than 32 points. At Donatio says, score on every possession. Canada with 200 and another much. running back with 100. Critchlow with Who's 300 it be? and three touchdowns. Pick Who's going to get the other 100? Pick one of those. Braden Bakery Coming up, Coach wow. Steve Cleveland is back to break down the rematch with UT Arlington. NIT. And what snarky comment does Dennis Pitta have for us this week? <laughs> Find out when our frenemy joins us. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. BYU Sports Nation simulcast on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Happy Friday. Conversation happening right now on Twitter. Follow at BYU Sports Nation. Use the hashtag BYUSN. Countdown to kickoff. We'll get you ready for UMass and BYU tomorrow at 2 Eastern time on BYU TV. And the app, we will watch the senior ceremony tomorrow in the pregame show. So if you want to watch that, check it out tomorrow, 2 Eastern time. Jeremy, you would have been proud of me last night with all of my 80s references during the volleyball match. Nice. Give me I your best think, one. I was thinking of you and Steve Vale. Steve, Steve should have worked that. Yes. Oh, it would have been epic. Yeah. He's Mr. 80s. We'll discuss a little bit more of that uh, <laughs> coming up. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'll think about my best one. I can't think of it off the top of my head. Our Twitter question today. How does BYU football one-up their UNLV performance against UMass? At the Brentar 14. Better defense, yes. Limiting big plays, yes. I've been following this new news source that I'm sure is totally legit, at AP Jofo. Sounds like if Critchlow played on defense, also that would do the trick. Who knows, man? I don't know. I don't know. (laughs) Uh, I wonder how many followers that Twitter account has now. It's got to be 300 plus, right? It's been been a a quick rise for at AP Jofo. Okay, Jeremy, I just thought about my best uh, – it came to me. It came to me. My best – 324. 324, nice. It's growing. I had my my best 80s reference would probably be Living on a Dream, Bon Jovi. Nice. It was the first one. Yeah. Okay, they played 80s music all night. Yeah, fantastic. It was really fun. Love it. Yes. Love it. Uh, girls Just Want to Have Fun mm-hmm. was also there. They do. There. It's true. <laughs> Another one bites the dust. Yeah, nice. <laughs> I had 11 in the third set. You should have pulled a, uh, a Kirkland. And just had the, the <laughs> list. You flip the card and then you use a different one. 
it's kind of fun and interesting to try and work those into your conversation, right? When it's a blowout. Now you know what men's volleyball versus yes. UC San Diego. Yes, like I do. February. San Francisco had won three matches all year. They were 0-15 in West Coast Conference play. Like, BYU should have done oh, what I they did last Oh, I watched them play night. in person in San Francisco. Yes, you, I know well you did. I am well aware. You were there for like an hour in that gym. It was very short. <laughs> yes. Yes, it was. Oh, how does BYU football one up their UNLV performance against UMass? We'll discuss that with Dennis Pitta in just a bit. Uh, let's get some more of your tweets in, starting with at McKay underscore Allen. Two-game win streak. I'd take that. It would be nice to have a win streak in this season. <sighs> At least it's so sad that BYU hasn't had a win streak. Men's hoops got one before football, as pointed out by at B Henson twenty three. At B Henson twenty three. The yesterday. elite tweet of the day. That was a good yesterday. one. That was a good one. <laughs> Dennis Pitta joins us on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline, talking about a guy who's living on a prayer. <laughs> Just kidding, Dennis. Uh, how about BYU beating up on UNLV? 10-point win in Las Vegas and just maybe finding a quarterback for the future. Dennis, who's your number one quarterback going into spring ball right now? Well, hey, guys. How's it going? Um, so my quarterback going into spring, I mean, you really have to wait and see what happens over the next couple games. But as of right now, I mean, based on how Joe Critchlow played in that game, I was really impressed, and he would be my number one quarterback going into spring. But there's still two games left. You have to factor injuries. Hopefully he stays healthy. And uh, there's just so many factors. And if he continues to play at the level he played last week, I, I would put him as my starter going into next year. So uh, we'll see how it plays out. Which is pretty wild, right? Homie is a fourth stringer. Hardly anyone knows his name. He's a walk-on. But it's a testament to the two eyes. You can't have either of the eyes. You can't be injured or inept. And unfortunately, BYU's had a lot of both this year. How frustrating as a skill position player on offense is it not knowing who the guy is at quarterback on a team? First of all, you got a problem with walk-ons, Jerem? <laughs> I'm just making a point that he was, he's been like a nobody. If a team really cares about you, they give you a scholarship eventually, right? <laughs> Yeah, I guess they do. I mean, uh, listen, I started as a walk-on, and it's not an easy road. Nobody knows your name. Nobody knows who you are. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I think I've told this story before, but when I was when I walked on to BYU, Coach Gary Croton was the head coach, and he used to call me Dustin all the time. He didn't even know my name was Dennis. <laughs> that's right. And that's, and that's the head coach. <laughs> so I know what Joe Critchlow is going through. But, listen, I, I was just so impressed by him in that game. And I know he wasn't asked to do a lot because you had a tremendous run game and then huge game out of Squally Canada. But, he did exactly what he was asked to do. He was accurate with the ball. And most importantly, the quarterback position is played from the shoulders up. He was poised. He was confident. He looked like a leader. He looked like the, he fit the part. And that's what I was most impressed with. And so we'll see how he does. It's a small sample size, but um, he throws the ball really well. He has good touch on it. He throws a catchable ball. We didn't see as many drop balls out of receivers. So I think that is all plays into his ability and, and, and what he was able to do. But I don't even know what question you asked me. I just kind of went on a tangent. Got <laughs> so worked up about the, so the walk-on thing that I yeah. just started talking. Well, it's kind of like your routes. You just kind of go where you want to go, and then uh, Max would find you the ball. Um, the question <laughs> was about being a skill position player and not how tough is it to not know who the guy is at quarterback because there's a relationship there, right? Yeah, it's really tough. To be a wide receiver especially and not know who's throwing you the ball, 
and not have any kind of consistency or trust level is really difficult. It's difficult for a quarterback. It's difficult for a receiver. And, um, you know, being a receiver, I, I would say the toughest part to adjust to is just how the ball comes out of somebody's hand. Is it a catchable ball? What's the spin like on it? Does it have a little bit of a nose on it? Where can I expect it? And I think you, you saw that kind of trust and chemistry quickly develop throughout the course of a game with Joe Critchlow because, like I mentioned before, he throws a really catchable ball, and he puts touch on it when he needs to. He throws it accurately. I've played with quarterbacks, backup quarterbacks, who you don't know where the ball's going to come out, where it's going to end up, and so you, you're worried about it, and you end up dropping it or something like that. So you can depend on the accuracy and the touch on the ball, and it makes it a whole lot easier as a receiver. Dennis Pitta with us on BYU Sports Nation, recapping UNLV and previewing BYU's game with UMass tomorrow on Senior Day. And you have experienced Senior Day, Dennis. You've lived the emotions of that. You know what that's like. Um, How do you explain those emotions that the BYU seniors are feeling right now, knowing that this is the last game they're going to play at Lavelle Edwards Stadium? Well, it's true. I was a senior once. Have you guys graduated yet? Anybody? No. Yeah. Still, still working on that, you're man. On, you're on like the 10 year plan. You guys are still sophomores. This internship has been amazing. Yeah, <laughs> they've been really patient with us. <laughs> uh, I, I get that. So yeah, I mean, listen, senior day is there, there's a lot of emotions that surround it, but fortunately, it's not their last game. And I think there's more emotion when you talk about playing your last football game for BYU. And, and for me. I was fortunate enough to be able to play in a bowl game. I played in the Las Vegas Bowl for 15 straight years. But, <laughs> you know, it, it, there's a lot of emotion in that last game, but senior day it will kind of put things in perspective, like, wow, we only have one game left after this. And, and playing in Lavelle Edwards Stadium for the last time, is there's so much emotion that goes into that. And as a player, you want nothing more than to come out of that game with a win. And if I remember right, I think on senior day for us, we were playing Utah. Yep. And it was the game where Andrew George in overtime caught that ball, split, you know, two defenders and ran up the middle wide open and as for a walk off touchdown. So what a memorable game for me and you know, a game that had so much emotion. I have a couple of questions about that game. First, why wasn't that you? Were you on the field in that formation? Did you draw a double team or something? I was on the field. I was on the opposite side of Andrew and I was running Andrew has what we call a pivot route. So he kind of fakes to the outside and, and comes back inside at about five yards. I was running just an out route at five yards, and I killed my defender. I was wide open. I was actually upset I didn't get the ball on that play. <laughs> um, but Andrew was actually the one being doubled, if you remember. They kind of converged on him, and the ball just snuck through. I think it was a linebacker and a safety, and he caught it, and nobody was behind him. So, so Max made a poor read? Play and, well, I mean, I'm not going to say Max made a poor read because it resulted in a touchdown. But, you know, if you wanted an easy completion, just go my way. <laughs> okay, and then the follow-up to that is, I remember being in the press room after. I'm trying to re- – you came in and talked. It took a while for you to get there because, you know, people rushed the field. Were you in the room when Max went on his rant, or was that before or after? Remind me. <laughs> uh, I was in the room. I was sitting in the back of the room. And uh, he was up at the podium or, or at the table in front of all the media and just started his, his uh, legendary rant. And <laughs> I, was, I was dying laughing, but I'm also, I have kind of my, my hands over my face thinking, man, this is not going to end up very well for Max. <laughs> and, uh, you know, but, but it's one of those things where 
it was hilarious in the moment and, and something we look back on and laugh at all the time. It, it was great. Uh, Dennis Pitta with us on BYU Sports Nation previewing senior day for BYU. Do you have a favorite memory in Lavelle Edwards Stadium? If so, what is it? Well, I think I just mentioned it, unfortunately. Um, and it had to have been that Utah game because the way in which we won it, uh, with, with so much on the line in overtime, Andrew George with the walk-off touchdown on senior day. I mean, there's not a more memorable time playing in that stadium than right there. And, and I wish I had a better answer for you other than that because we just covered it. But uh, that was definitely, when I look back at playing in that stadium, that was, that was the key moment for me. Can BYU, if they win the next two games, that, can that change how you feel about this season? They end with the three-game win streak. Will that change how you feel about this season in any way? Uh, no. Will it, will it change how you feel? No. Uh, exactly. I mean, that, that's the thing. The season is what it is. I think we all expect us to win out at this point. And we play UMass, and I know we have to go to Hawaii, which you, you never know what you know, you're going to travel over to Hawaii with, who's going to show up or who's going to play or what it may be. But um, we're better than those two teams. We know that. And we played really well last week. I think we're, we're finally getting some stability offensively with Squally Canada in the run game and Critchlow as quarterback. And so I expect us to, to play well, play consistent, and be able to dominate the line of scrimmage in these next two games, which you know, we were able to do at UNLV and you know, will continue to help us going through. So it's not going to change my opinion. I think it was disappointing. And I think if you talk to any fan, coach, player, whoever it may be, they're disappointed in how this year ended up because it could have been a lot different. And, uh, you know, it's just unfortunate. But, you know, hopefully we, we finish out strong and just kind of get a little bit of momentum going to the offseason because that, that will help. If BYU were to one-up their performance against UNLV, and clearly that was the most complete win of the season, what would a one-up performance against UMass look like? For me, it would, be, it would come in, in, in the passing game because we know we can dominate the line of scrimmage against a team like UMass. We showed that last week. I still think we will run for a lot of yards and Squally will have another big day. But I would love to see a 300-yard, 300 350-yard, whatever it may be, passing day from Joe Critchlow. Let him open up a little bit, see what he's capable of throwing it, you know, 25, 30 times even. And let's just see what he's capable of in that. And, and I think that would one-up anything that we did last week. And so it would just really help all of us mentally to see just lighting it up through the air. There are going to be 18 seniors who will play for the final time. We've talked about your senior day a little bit, but having gone through that, uh, what, what would you recommend to those guys to be able to enjoy the moment Saturday? Yeah, I mean, that would be just it. Enjoy the moment. Appreciate uh, what you get to do. Because I think a lot of times you're, you're in the grind and you're, you're going through the routine and everything's so scheduled, you forget to stop and appreciate what you're really a part of. And I look back on my time at BYU, and I'm so appreciative of the guys I played with, the coaches I, I played under, and the fans I got to play for. Because it's, it's a special environment. It, it's a tremendous time in their lives and was in mine. And I look back on that and just have tons of great memories and great friends and stories from those times. And so appreciate it in the moment and uh, enjoy every part of it. His name is Dennis Pitta, not Dustin. And don't ever forget it, everyone. <laughs> I bet yeah, you didn't. Coach Croton. Yeah, I bet you didn't <laughs> dare tell him that either, did you? 
No, I never corrected him. I was <laughs> Dustin for as long as he wanted to call me Dustin. That's amazing. Dennis, great to talk to you, man. Uh, enjoy the weekend, and hopefully that means uh, a big BYU win with the nice passing performance from Joe Critchlow. All right, thanks, guys. Appreciate you talking to a lowly walk-on. <laughs> Get a scholarship. <laughs> Dennis Pitta on the Deseret First Credit Union hotline. Deseret First, your values, your timeline, your financial future. Classic Dennis. I also want to point out that we did have the same answer, essentially, for what we want to see. So A breakout pass performance. Great One minds. Up. Great mind, great walk-on minds. Yeah, well, somebody that wants to shoot the ball every time they have it uh, would want that, right? More offense. Play is going to play, man. We'll update you on the BYU soccer game. They're playing right now in the national uh, tournament. Let's go. And Steve Cleveland makes his return to BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is brought to you in part by Tecano's Brazilian Grill. Escape the ordinary. Welcome back, my friends. Sports. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan in Radio Vision Live on BYU Radio and BYU TV. We are on demand anytime, anywhere. And we're live tomorrow night, 9.30 Eastern time. Watch the BYU football game at 3 Eastern against UMass. And then later that night, UT Arlington returns to the Marriott Center. And BYU is ready. 9.30 Eastern time tomorrow. The Mavericks and Cougars on BYU TV. And the app pregame coverage on BYU Radio at 8.30 Eastern. I always want to call UT Arlington the Roadrunners, but that's UT San Antonio. That's right, UTSA as opposed to UTA. The, the Mavericks and the Roadrunners. Uh, refreshing today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. We'll get to basketball in just a minute. But it's all about football on Senior Day tomorrow with BYU hosting UMass. Coverage begins on Countdown to kickoff tomorrow, 2 Eastern, live on BYU TV. The Cougars currently a four-and-a-half-point favorite over the Minutemen. Kickoff set for 3 Eastern. You can watch that live on BYU TV and listen live on BYU Radio. James Taffredette snaps out of a slump with a season-high 54 points, including eight threes, eight rebounds, and three legal steals in a Shanghai Sharks win against the Bayi Rockets. Now, did he hear us talking about his 25-point performance that was Probably. considered a slump? Got all riled up. He's going to slap at you like Stefan Marbury. <laughs> BYU men's soccer scored again. They lead North Carolina in their national championship tournament match right now. The Cougars are up 2-0, courtesy of goals by Cam McLaughlin and Tanner Whitworth. BYU needs to win 6 matches in, in two three days. days. Three days, three sorry. Days. Three days. They, they won the first two. This is the third. If they win this, they'll play tonight. Hey, let's go. This is the National Club Championship. Yep. For the first time this BYU basketball season, we are pleased to welcome the former head coach, Steve Cleveland, on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Coach, welcome back to the show. It has been way too long. Yes. It's good to be back. Good to hear your voices. Hey, it's good to have BYU winning big games, including what they did against Princeton. And, and we want to know, what are your impressions of BYU basketball after three exhibitions and two regular season wins? You know what? It's been, it's been kind of fun to watch this uh, development, even over the summer, because I was there during the summer and watched some of these changes take place. But there's, there's definitely some toughness and grit on the defensive end uh, where they're contesting shots, they're defending the dribble better. There's just a, overall more accountability at that end. I think also uh, one of my impressions is shot selection and patience on offense is, is improved. So things they've worked on all summer, you're kind of seeing evidence of that. And it's just you're kind of playing with a purpose, and, and they're a little bit undermanned, and they don't have a, gr- a real deep bench, but uh, I really like the way they're playing. These are all good things, and this entire coaching staff put in time in the offseason, and it's early, but it's paying off so far. It seems like there's a culture change like you've talked about. And whoever originally hired Heath Roy here, that guy should be commended. That's what I say. 
Yeah, I think uh, he should get a raise. <laughs> His, Heath's uh, fingerprints are all over what BYU's done. And it's not just Heath. It's Quincy, and it's Tim, and, of course, Dave, and it's this whole coaching staff, and Andrew May and Lee Martin. So what have you seen so far that tells you that this is going to last for a while? This is the new BYU. Well, I, I think, first of all, because I've been – you know, because I've been pretty close to it and watched it kind of develop and saw the steps that are being taken. Uh, you know, it's it's authentic. I mean, it, it's it's a situation where they're putting the time in, they're doing these things daily, and uh, we know the importance of practice and repetition. And they've been in a situation now for a few months where they've been able to kind of change that mindset. Not you know, I don't think just defensively, but I just think in terms of being more accountable as a team overall. But I, my my impressions and expectations of this team is that, you know, certainly there have been some losses and uh, you, you lose a big and, and Eric Mika and, and Nick's not going to be with him. And so those are things that you have to kind of make up for. But I like the idea that this team might be the sum of its parts might be better than our individual players. And the guys seem to be playing together. And, uh, and I think early on, this team will probably benefit a little bit from lower expectations because the fans don't really know what to expect with those losses. But, but certainly there have been players to replace them. You mentioned Coach Schroyer, who has a great relationship with, with Coach Rose, and they're good friends, and he's going to give him opportunities to do what he does. And I think most important is anytime a new coach comes in, there's always a transition, but, but the guys, they love Heath. And, and Heath has no agenda other than to help, help these young men become better players and a better team. So I think collectively, as you said, the whole staff is, uh, has a different mindset. No seniors on this team, only one freshman. What are your expectations for this team with the recent changes? Well, I, I think in terms of you know wins and losses, I, I think it's probably going to be what it's been in the past. I think you're going to you'd be a team that's going to have 20-plus wins, and, and they're going to be in the top three in the WCC. I, I think the matchup with St. Mary's just specifically will be better now. Uh, I, I think they'll – they'll, they, through this process of – defending and maybe being a little bit more patient at times. Not that they're not going to run and push the ball and get early early shots when their opportunities arise, but they're more prepared to play St. Mary's today than they were a year ago. And, and the, right now, this conference championship is going to go through St. Mary's as they're the preseason pick, though I'd be really uh, careful to uh, underestimate Gonzaga. Uh, I, I think they're going to be better than a lot of people think they are. I mean, obviously people know they're always good, but they had significant losses but uh, just just looking at box scores and looking at new personnel, I, I think those are still the top two teams in the league. But BYU is much more prepared to play St. Mary's. BYU's had success against Gonzaga, but they had very little success against St. Mary's. And so I like where they are in terms of being able to, to get an early win at home against a, a really, really good St. Mary's team. I mean, this, this is plausible, possible. And um, the, the pieces are put together that with this preseason, they're going to be ready for that game. Whether it's consciously or not, I think that BYU made changes to combat St. Mary's, to defend, to be able to play against uh, in some ways. And it, wouldn't it be interesting if BYU was a better matchup for St. Mary's now than they, were, uh, than they are Gonzaga? Maybe you don't get that win in Spokane, but maybe get the win in Moraga. How do you think BYU will fare against those two in league play, given what we've seen so far? Well, you know, I, I think that they're going to, they're both tough games on the road. Okay. Really, really tough games. And I don't think anybody would pick necessarily BYU to beat St. Mary's or Gonzaga on the road right now. 
and, and haven't really in the past. BYU's come in there against the Zags and, and, and played really well and loose and no pressure and, and got the better of Gonzaga. Well, my hair so is I, well I, aware, I, Coach. Yeah, I think, I think the situation, though, at home is that BYU can beat St. Mary's and they can beat Gonzaga at home uh, if they play well. They're not going to beat either one of these teams if they don't execute and play well and shoot the ball well. But I think there's a plan in place that when they do shoot it well and they can get to the free throw line, that they can beat those teams at home. I think the key thing, winning on the road in the WCC has been a bill of Achilles heel for BYU the last couple of years. Losing to the kind of lower tier teams, not that they're not well coached or good, you know, they're not great teams, but they can't go to a, a Pepperdine team who's struggling and losing or a USD. And, and I, mean, I think they're more prepared now to go on the road and win those games. I'm not necessarily saying that the St. Mary's and Gonzaga games are plausible because they're playing different. you got to have the talent. you got to have a lot of things go your way. But I think the system is in place right now where some of the lower-tier teams, we, they, BYU will not go to Pepperdine or San Diego or Santa Clara and they're with a mindset that they're going to go over there and win because they've got a small arena or they, they don't have the players or the talent that a St. Mary's Gonzaga had. They won't get stuck in that again. That's not going to happen. I mean, there'll still be tough games, but I think they're more prepared to play those lower-level teams that have really been their Achilles heel the last couple of years. Stop them from being in the NCAA tournament, to be honest with you. Amen to that, because we've done the math, and in BYU's time in the West Coast Conference, they've averaged 2.6 losses, essentially – you could round to three, a year to non-St. Zaga, as we call them. And you can join us in calling it that, St. Zaga. Do you think that number gets down to zero or one, maybe? I do. I do. Wow. I do. I mean, they stay, they stay healthy, and uh, I, I think the way they're playing. And listen, they, they, I, I think that some of the additions we'll talk about in a minute, some of the, the new players uh, bring certain strengths and talents that they haven't had in the past, but certainly – you know, when you lose Eric Mika and you, and you lose Nick, who has the explosive ability to score 20 on any given night. But that being said, I, I'll go back to what I've always said about St. Mary's. I think they, St. Mary's is, has good talent, but they, the sum of their parts is much better than any individual player that they have. And I think that's, where, I think that's the direction BYU is going this coming year. Who is the best player on this BYU team right now that is looking to gel and work cohesively as a team? I mean, after two games or exhibitions, you know, you, you, both Yoli and Elijah have played really well. I would have to say Elijah right now. His numbers are off the charts. You know, anytime you're shooting 50 and 60%, I think his leadership, his confidence, um, his ability to take big shots late in the game, his ability to get stops, he's healthy, and he can defend multiple positions. He just seems like he's playing. He's letting the game come to him. He's not forcing things. He's not trying to prove anything coming off being hurt. He seems really relaxed. But certainly Yoli and TJ. Yoli's had some big nights, and, and, and both Yoli and TJ have very high ceilings in terms of what their capabilities are. But, uh, and I suspect if you ask that question week in and week out, it might change a little bit between the three. But certainly Elijah and Yoli have been the most impressive early, but I, I would give the nod to Elijah at this point. Who's the most underrated player on the team right now, Coach? Dalton Nixon. Um, that's, that's an easy question for me. Why Dalton is that? Nixon. <clears throat> he, he's a glue guy. I mean, he, he does all the intangibles. He sets good screens. He takes charges. He makes the extra pass. He defends. He can defend the one to five. <clears throat> and, and he understands the game. He's got a really, really high basketball IQ, really mature on the floor. 
you know, there's some things he can't do. He may not be able to create all the shots. You know, he, I think he's capable of knocking that three down, and I think returning from a mission, that's always one of the challenges. If he figures out a way to step out and start hitting some threes down, hitting, you know, at least half of them that he takes, it's going to make other teams way more difficult. He can play the five. Offensively, he can defend the five. He's just got a toughness and grit about him that I love, and, and you've got to have guys like that. I mean, you got to have, and Dalton is a really, really valuable player because of all the different things he can do, but mostly because he's just really tough and, and he competes every possession. Which matchup tomorrow in the UT Arlington game has your attention, Coach? You know, I, I think you go to the bigs. Kevin Hervey, you know, conference player of the year. Yoli Childs, similar, both 6'8", 6'9". Uh, you know, Hervey had his kind of way here. A lot of them had their way here last year. Uh, but I, I like that matchup. <clears throat> I think the guard play for Arlington – uh, with Wilson and Neal, I mean, they're both capable. They played well here last year. They lost three starters, but they've got, I think, eight seniors on this team, and three of them, I think, are fifth-year seniors. So they have experience. I don't think they're as good a team as they were. They, they barely beat LMU at home, but they did have a really good, like BYU, had a pretty good exhibition win against Oklahoma. So they're capable. Uh, I, I, don't, I see BYU winning this game. Um and, and I, I think it'll be a good game, but uh, I think that's the matchup, the two bigs. It'll be fun. They're both athletic uh, and, and both really, really can uh, play above the rim. Coach, we have missed this conversation, and we've missed it so much that we want to do it regularly, if you're okay with that. <laughs> oh, that'd be great. I love being with you guys, and uh, it's fun. It'll be a fun season to watch. I'll, I'll be in town for a week or so every month, the next three or four months, and so we'll come in maybe do a few of these in – uh, in studio as well, but I'm going to do a few of the games. But now I love love being with you, and uh, hopefully BYU continues to improve as they have over the last three or four months. Hey, we look forward to it. Thanks, Coach. Enjoy your weekend. Thanks. You bet. Take care, guys. Steve Bye-bye. Cleveland on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, your values, your timeline, your financial future. He always has great insight. He really does. And, and a guy that hired Heath Royer and Dave Rose here. Really, he's the MVP. The real MVP, that's what I would say. <laughs> and he played a role in getting Heath Schroyer back to BYU. Yes, he did. He coming did. up, men's soccer won twice yesterday. They're playing as we speak. We'll update the score coming up. Also, competition brings out the best, sometimes. It rages next as we play Know the Foe. I'd like to win again. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store. The official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Spender Linton and Jerome Jordan live from Studio B with your day-to-day BYU sports play-by-play. Our daily rebroadcast airs weeknights on BYU TV at 6 p.m. Eastern. Countdown to kickoff is live tomorrow, 2 Eastern time on BYU TV and the app. You can watch the guys warm up and watch the senior ceremony before the game. Our Twitter question today, how does BYU one-up their performance against UNLV and play better against UMass? At Nicoletto says, just win. The only one-upping I care about is in the win column. I want more. When you're playing a 3-7 and seven team, two time zones away. You're right, BYU's 3-8. and eight. I can't. Nope. Just win. You're right. BYU's <laughs> not had a win streak this year. That can all change what? tomorrow with a victory against UMass on Senior Day. Okay, it's Friday, and we are bringing back the tradition. Know the foe. BYU Sports Nation asks, do you know the foe? Now, this is not know the Joe foe, right? On Twitter? No. This is different. It's not okay. AP Joe foe. This is know the foe, Check it. as in UMass. Mm-hmm. Okay, we've changed things up a bit. Ben Bagley, the voice of BYU Sports Nation, is going to quiz us 
and see how much we really know. Ben, it's your show now. Well, Spencer, you won last time. So as the reigning champion, you get to choose. Would you like to take the first question or the second question? Uh, Defer to the second half. Uh, yeah, I defer to the second half. I'll take the second question. All right. Losers first. Jerem, <laughs> the main campus of University of Massachusetts is located in what city? The main what? Sorry. Campus. The main campus. Oh, it's in Amherst. Correct. Wow. See, a lot of people say Springfield, right? No. No. <laughs> All right. That's where the basketball is. <laughs> I know. Spencer. Which of the following is not a UMass alum? Julia Serving. Okay. Dr. J. Rick Pitino. Uh Natalie Cole or Chris O'Donnell? Natalie Cole. No. Chris O'Donnell, he's a BC alum. (sighs) I knew the first two were UMass alumnus. That's pretty good. All All right, right. Jerem, same question. Four other options. Oh, jeez. Richard Gere. (laughs) Bill Pullman. Bill Cosby or Leonard Nimoy? <laughs> Leonard Nimoy. Correct. He's also a BC alum. You set him up for that. Of yes. course he's going to go with the yes. Star Trek hey, you, guy. You had the choice. First question. Of course he was going to go with the Star Trek Rip guy. Leonard Nimoy. Oh, my goodness. All right, All right. Spencer. Here we go. UMass has had exactly one NFL All-Pro player in its football history. <laughs> it was in 2011. So which of the following 2011 NFL All-Pros attended UMass? Okay. Wes Welker, uh-huh. Victor Cruz, David Akers, or Jared Allen? I know it. It's not Wes Welker. Uh, what was option B again? Uh, Victor Cruz. Victor Cruz. Got it. Correct. Got it. Yes. Salsa to that. Mamba. Uh, Samba. Yes. Jerem, UMass has participated in two bowl games in its history. Oh, crap. Which of the following bowls has UMass played in? (laughs) The Boardwalk Bowl, (laughs) the Sun Bowl, the Liberty Bowl, or the Motor City Bowl? I'm guessing they played in the Liberty Bowl. No, it was the Boardwalk Bowl in 1972. Right next to the Park Place Bowl. All right, Spencer, you got to get this one to stay in the game. Come on. Which has not been a nickname for UMass? Oh, boy. The Statesmen, the Aggies, the Patriots, or the Minutemen? The Aggies. Oh, No, they were originally the Aggies. What a lame nickname. The Patriots, not a nickname. Why would? (sighs) Jerem is your new know-the-foe champion. For the week. All right. It's 1-1. We're keeping track of this overall, right? Got it. Got it. Those Leonard Nimoy for the Leonard win. Nimoy. <laughs> Leonard Nimoy. Live long and prosper. Live long and be ready. <laughs> hey, coming up, details on the cross-country teams running a national title tomorrow. And how is men's soccer doing on their quest for a national championship, Jerem? We'll update you after this. They were up 2-0. 28th minute. That's pretty good. Beating North Carolina, no less. David, this is their club team. Yes. This is their club team. Yes. <laughs> BYU Sports Nation is brought to you in part by DexterLaw.com for help when you need it most. Thanks to today's guest, Dustin, <coughs> excuse me, Dennis Pitta, and the former BYU basketball coach, Steve Cleveland. If you missed any of today's show, download the podcast on iTunes or Google Play. Let's whip it! 
It's time for the Cougar Whip Around. Football. It's an independent conference game of sorts on Senior Day at Lavelle Edwards Stadium tomorrow, BYU versus UMass. Coverage begins with countdown to kickoff at 2 p.m. Eastern time on BYU TV with the game at 3 on BYU TV, BYU Radio, and ESPN3 as well. Men's basketball. Hosting UT Arlington, the team that knocked them out of the NIT last year. Tomorrow night in the Marriott Center, 9.30 Eastern, live on BYU TV. Pre-game coverage starts at 8.30 Eastern on BYU Radio. Jimmer! Snapped out of a slump with a season-high 54 points, including eight threes, eight rebounds, and three legal steals in a Shanghai Sharks win against the Bayi Rockets. Soccer! He had 54. The BYU men's soccer team leads North Carolina's club team in their national championship run right now. The Cougars are 2-0, or up 2-0 at the half, I should say, courtesy of goals by Cam McLaughlin and Tanner Whitworth. Women's basketball. The ladies play tonight against Eastern Washington at 8 Eastern. Cross country. Both the men's and women's cross country teams race in tomorrow's NCAA championships in Louisville, Kentucky. Today's Rise and Shout brought to you by Dexter and Dexter Health. When you need it most, DexterLaw.com. Goes to Dustin Pitta. He was a great player. Uh, He was a lowly (laughs) walk-on. Dennis was much better. Dennis was fantastic. Both guests were amazing today. Yeah, it was a great day. Today was a good day. How does BYU one-up their UNLV performance against UMass at DeYoung1993 with this tweet? Score on all but one possession. Got to let the senior at Jay Linehan 9, Johnny Linehan, have one moment. Does he get, have a fake punt tomorrow? What is that it? That needs is, to happen, is right? Is there a run or something? Do they, do they let Put Johnny run the Wildcat? He, he did tell me he wants to uh, drop kick a PAT. Maybe they let him do that. That would be awesome. Maybe they let him do that. I don't know if they practiced it. Who knows? Our elite tweet of the day from at Fan for life Hold UMass under 14, convert 90% of third downs, That's maintain it. running game momentum, have at least four receiving touchdowns, four sacks, and score a touchdown every time in the red zone. That's it. BYU's 2 of 10 for, on third down last week. Conversation continues 24-7 on Twitter. Use hashtag BYUSN. Show on demand. BYUSN.com. If all of those things happen, BYU will win like 68 to nothing. 6,800 to 7. Audio podcast on iTunes, Google Play, and the TuneIn app. For Jerem, I'm Spencer. Shout out to Brock Trejo. See what I did there? Captain.